something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ridiculous News is a production of iHeartRadio and Cool 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 Audio. With amazing and crazy topics to pick and to choose, you are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. With interesting views on breaking the rules of broadcasting and all sorts of wild reports to keep us laughing. With funny off-brand upbeat journalism, the strange and unusual stories of what we give them. When it's all about ridiculous news everywhere, we talking about ridiculous news over here. Hey everyone, welcome to Ridiculous News, not your average news show. We cover stuff you didn't realize was news from the wild and funny to the deep and hidden to the absolutely Absolutely ridiculous. ridiculous. I'm Bill Worley, an Atlanta-based filmmaker and comedian, and I played a putt-putt game where the ball actually kept track of my score mark, which makes it basically impossible to cheat and isn't (laughs) cheating what putt-putt is really all about. Um, It's, I think to me, putt-putt's about cheating and then happy Gilmore quotes. You know, Happy Gilmore was one of the first uh, DVDs that I bought. Really? Yeah, it's a hilarious. I, it was. It was one it's of those. All in the hips. It was when I was like eleven or twelve. I'm like, I've never seen anyone as funny as Adam Sandler. Oh my god, that's so good. Uh, hey everyone, I'm Mark Kendall. I'm an Atlanta-based comedian, and I got to give a shout out to Gerard Carmichael's uh, new HBO special, uh, Rothaniel. It's incredible. I saw him host. I saw his opening monologue on SNL, mm-hmm. and I thought this guy is amazing. And I need to. I need to see it. It was so good. It, he, he's got a lot of great content out there, but I think his most recent HBO special is my favorite one so far that he's done. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so, y'all, today uh, we are joined by a very special guest, uh, opera singer and life coach, uh, Jamie Alilaw. Uh, <laughs> Jamie. Jamie is a creator of many passions with a grounded mission of empowerment, edification, and education. Jamie engages the world as an opera singer, leadership, and life coach, entrepreneur, educator, and public speaker. Uh, based in Atlanta, Jamie is an Army veteran and a mother. Uh, Thank you so much uh, for joining us, Jamie. Uh, So today is a weekly roundup episode where we'll be discussing headlines that caught our eye. Yeah, and we'll start out, we'll do a real quick uh, segment we'd love to do whenever we have a guest, uh, is giving Jamie her flowers. Yay, flowers. Yeah, so give, uh, just let us know why we love Jamie. And one of the things, Jamie, is you're just fun to have around. I think uh, you have this beautiful voice, amazing operatic voice, you're 
easy to work with. I, we've shot some sketches with you, and that was a ton of fun because there's this stereotype of uh, uh, opera singers being stuck up, which is not <laughs> Jamie doesn't. Yeah, it uh, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> and Jamie, we've been talking, and you gave me a little bit of life coaching earlier, and it was really helpful. And thank you very much for doing that. Yeah. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Bill. Yeah, and Jamie, something that I really appreciate you about, uh, I, I really appreciate about you as an artist is your ability to take all the different parts of yourself and to make art of it. So, you know, Bill had mentioned, we've mentioned you're an opera singer, but I also know you love hip hop and the ways that you have combined both of those things mm-hmm. uh, in a way that is seamless <laughs> and makes the form more accessible, I think is really great. It's just the great market to me of an artist to take all the different facets of yourself and then present it to people in a way that they can, you know, really understand it. And so I really appreciate that. Thank you so much, Mark. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, So now we're going to jump into our next segment. This is called Ridiculous News Nibbles. News Uh, Nibbles. So we love to start things off by talking about a couple quick ridiculous stories that we found. Uh, So this first headline, y'all, I'm a fan of this uh, story. So the latest line of defense against wolves on this Colorado ranch, question mark, is guard donkeys. So this is from Colorado Public Radio News. So what's been going on is there's a Colorado rancher and they've brought in reinforcements to help him protect his livestock from wolves. So this is uh, Don Gittleson, which is a fantastic name. Don. Don Gittleson. Uh, Now, he has seven donkeys at his mountain ranch. Uh, near Walden, Colorado, which is close to the Wyoming border. And so on a recent morning, three of the donkeys watched with intense focus as Gittleson entered a cattle pen, their ears snapping forward to track the sound of his steps. Uh, Gittleson hopes that the animals will make his herd a tougher target for local wolves, uh, which have killed three of his cattle since yeah. last December. And that's thousands of dollars he's losing, If yeah. Every time. Very expensive. And so the thing is, if everything goes according to plan, the next wolf that tries to get close to a cow will meet a current hurricane of hooves <laughs> and donkey teeth. A hurricane of hooves and donkey teeth? This is from. That is quite poetic. <laughs> that's how Colorado Public News, Colorado Public Radio News gets down. Um, so. Uh, Don Gittleson went on to say, what we want to create in the minds of the wolves is a possibility. If you come into the cows, you could be killed or you could be injured, Gittleson said. Okay, so listen, I'm, I'm from, <laughs> listen, I'll, I'll just qualify this. I'm from California, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a valley girl. Yeah. Mm. So I don't know nothing about no cows. I don't know nothing about no donkeys, right? I don't know nothing about no wolves. Quite coyotes, you yeah. know, but sure. so are donkeys like, scary like are wolves afraid of donkeys that's i you know i guess it like it sounds like that they can be uh, trained to be that way and i would say i mean they're big animals you know like if if i was staring down a donkey i think i would run i i don't know if a donkey was showing anger towards me my gut reaction would be not to befriend it and so and so you think that wolves have your constitution when it comes to donkeys. <laughs> Maybe. Well, y'all are asking the correct questions. The article also says that while the guard animals have proven effective, um, the, the article says that not every donkey is equally inclined to trample fear into wolves. So it's not like the standard for donkeys. They're okay. out there like tracking down wolves. It's, right. not, it's not so much that. He said that 
they're most defensive when raised with the cattle, and they ah. learn to protect them as part of their own herd. Got so, it. So, so the idea is that you bring in these donkeys, you make them think that like the cows are part of the family, and Got then they're it. just like they're more natural defense mechanisms me- mechanisms will kick in. And the reason I think that they're using uh, donkeys is because um, there are wildlife advocates that are carefully trying to like protect the wolves. Mm-hmm. So it's I so um so I think the idea is that these like uh more unorthodox ways mm-hmm. to protect the cattle without necessarily like going out and getting the wolves yourself. Right, if that right, makes sense. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, because uh yeah, so it's like the article also says that uh Colorado wildlife officials uh are in the process of finalizing plans to turn the state into a safe haven uh, for these endangered predators, uh, both by actively releasing gray wolves and protecting others arriving on their own. Mm-hmm. So I think that this is just like an attempt at balance, right? Okay. Where it's like, yeah, I think that's yeah. what's happening. All right. So it's not like donkeys are inherently like thuggish. I don't think that that's, I don't <laughs> think, I, that's not the impression that I got yeah. necessarily. But it's, it's like having, it's like having a, a, a mom that's a cancer, right? Like my mom is a cancer, <laughs> right? And she's great and sweet and a homemaker and everything, but don't fuck with her kids, <laughs> right? Or her family. Uh, I guess we would liken it to a donkey. Donkeys are a cancer. I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know, born in July, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Wait, who's that? Market is that is somebody? Is that a, is that a strangely aggressive donkey? There's a strangely aggressive donkey at the door. Hey, hey, let me in. Uh, we, we, uh, I'm uh, crashing uh, in. Crash! Oh my god! Oh my god! How did you, how, donkey? How did you get it in here? Y'all There's an elevator. Look, I, I heard, I heard y'all. I heard y'all talking about my cousin. <laughs> I heard y'all talking about my cousin Alfred the cow. Is this true? Is this oh, true? We like Alfred the cow. We're we're friends. I, I love oh cows. my goodness! Ah, I messed this up. This is the third time this week. I've been I've been. Listen, here's the thing. Alfred, he's a cow, but he's my cousin. Okay. All right. And people out there sometimes have had some words about him. Sure. Specifically wolves. Okay. Okay. But sometimes humans as well. And when I hear them talking about my cousin, I show up and I confront them about it. All right. Yeah. But, well, but, but yeah. my hearing's not always the best. And I've been breaking into, you know, offices where I don't necessarily belong because I don't work there. Well, you yeah. Know? I mean, here, here. Do you want a piece of Alfred? We've been sharing this steak right here. What this is Alfred. this? This is Alfred. Oh, this we, is what we love. Left. We oh, love Alfred. Oh no! Oh no! He's all in my MacBook. Oh, is this your MacBook? Slam! Oh man! What else do you love? What is this your iPhone? Slam! I'll leave your legs alone because I want you to take a walk and think about what you did. I'll just take these other valuables. So, is this is this is this a framed picture of when you were when you had a nice day when you were ten? Is that exactly what that is? Smash! Oh my gosh! Is this a vase that you bought when you were? Overseas in France. How do you know the specifics? Oh no! Oh no! Not my sacred porcelain vase that I randomly brought with me. Yeah, Jamie brings that everywhere. I'm gonna vandalize it by uh, drawing a smiley face on it, and then I'm gonna smash it. Oh no! Let y'all. This is a reminder. Not not only do I want you to not say things about my cousin, you can't cook my cousin. You can't cook my cousin. I'm so sorry, Don. No, it's okay. I'm just gonna take. My cousin with me though, and, okay. and leave. All right. Okay. Keep his name out your mouth. I'll take some salt. Okay. And and smoke paprika. Don't judge me. <laughs> okay. Bye, donkey. 
Wow. Like, wow. I, well, I guess they can get aggressive. I guess they can get aggressive. Like my mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, mom. Yeah. Y'all, I'm so sorry about your valuables. Um, <sighs> I, yeah, it's, I've got about five other of those faces. Okay, we're well, good. Me good. Always prepared. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, how about this story, y'all? Uh, so uh, I'll just move on as if that was a normal documentary <laughs> situation. Uh, um, apparently, Michael Bay says that Steven Spielberg told him to quit making Transformer movies. And his response was, quote, I should have stopped. So uh, uh, I made, this is a quote from Michael Bay, who told the Unilad UK, okay. I made too many of them, them being Transformers movies. Steven Spielberg said, just stop at three. <laughs> and I said I'd stop. And the studio begged me to do a fourth. And then that made a billion dollars, too. And wow. then I said, I'm going to stop here. And then they begged me again. And I should have stopped. But they were fun to do. And so... What an interesting situation where the thing that you should have stopped makes a billion dollars, a billion dollars. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's crazy. That's a, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's gambling, though, right? I mean, <laughs> right. We, we don't get a billion dollars, but right. it's like, no, 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 I'm going to hold. You know, yeah. I'm going to leave the right. table. And then you don't. Absolutely. I, I it, When I heard that, too, and I, I'm so, like, one, thank you, Steven Spielberg, for, like, standing <laughs> up. But, you know, there's a couple other things. Like, Steven, can you do us a favor? Like, okay, what about the Fast and Furious franchise? Anytime Jared Leto is doing a superhero movie, can you, so, oh, what are you doing about climate change? Uh, the last season of Game of Thrones, Spielberg, you should have spoke up. And finally, just Mark Zuckerberg, can we stop? <laughs> what he's doing. Uh, thank you, Steven. I feel like we need someone other than Steven. No offense to Steven Spielberg at all, but it's like, he couldn't get through to Michael Bay, yeah, you know? Right, that's, that's a good true. point. I don't know. I mean, like, but you know what? To your point, though, Michael Bay did hear and understand him. So, like, maybe, <laughs> so maybe, maybe you're right, Bill. Maybe I mean, Spielberg there's free is will, person. you yeah. know? So yeah. he chose, he chose his road. Yeah, he at but least got his message across, he you did. know? He, he, he did. just got to shine the light. It's up to him to move the mop. Yeah. <laughs> To move, move the mop, people. Write it down. Move the mop. Write it down. You heard it here first. Well, y'all, this headline is pretty wild. So a man in Germany gets 90-90 COVID-19 shots to sell forged passes. This is from AP News. Uh, so a 60-year-old man allegedly had himself vaccinated against COVID-19 dozens of time in Germany in order to sell forged vaccination cards with real uh, vaccine batch numbers and, uh, to people not wanting to get vaccinated themselves. That is wild. That mm -hmm. is commitment. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah, he, he was caught at a vaccination center in Eilenburg in Saxony when he showed up for a COVID-19 shot for the second day in a row. Oh, so for all the anti-vaccination folks out there, if this man's walking around, <laughs> 60 year old man with 90 shots and it doesn't say in the article necessarily if he had any health effects. But I mean, I, you know, I feel like if I took, you know, 90 Tylenol. Yeah. That's going to do something to me. Yeah. And so if this guy's getting nine shots, he's still walking around, still yeah. doing it, making money. Maybe it's not the worst thing. Yeah. The spokesperson they didn't intend. <laughs> right, right. No, precisely. Yeah. I mean, you know, they can get on and say, hey, look at this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't recommend it, but it won't kill you. Yeah. Apparently. yeah. <laughs> oh, is that is this someone coming in? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, Jamie, I'm so sorry. There's someone here named Hans. It seems like this is the person. That I, I'm 60 years old. 
and I got all of these shots in my arm. Wow. Oh my gosh, Hans. Wow. Yes, I am now, not only am I uh, immune to COVID, but the flu, I'm immune to any of the Transformer movies. Oh, oh wow. wow. And uh, I, if I fall down head first, I do not get hurt. Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. That, that's fascinating. I, I mean, how's, how's your like clarity and thinking, your mind, how's... I'm absolutely clear. There's too many bats in here, though. Can we please get rid of the bats? You know, Hans, I'm so sorry, but I don't think there's a single bat. Oh, one just landed on me. Oh, no. I will eat it. It'll help. No, no, no. Hans, I think you might be seeing things. Nom, nom, nom. Well, Hans, I had a question. Earlier, you said that you were immune to the Transformers movies, and I just wanted some clarification. Does that mean that you are not able to see them, or when you watch them, you're not immune to the, like, cliche? Storytelling. When I go to see Transformers yeah. in the theater, yeah, and it's it's all I see right. is uh, 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 <laughs> is one character that's the the uh, Mark Wahlberg. Okay, uh, everything else on the screen is blank. Well, that sounds pretty cool. Okay. So basically, when you go to see a Transformer movie, <laughs> yes. you're watching Mark Wahlberg do a one person show. Yeah, it's very interesting, and I have uh. to say, I recommend getting 90 COVID shots oh. so you can experience. Well, it. I I don't think we're really uh, at the place no, to I can recommend. Do for you right now. Here, no, I brought oh, some in here. No, no, I'm no. I'm going to just blow the artillery. Oh, wait. Oh, no. Well, I, did. I guess I'm probably due for a booster yeah. soon. Yes. This is not what I wanted. I don't appreciate that. I but. want to clarify. I probably saw the bats because I also did uh, hallucinogens. Uh, uh, right. Be, yeah. That's a great distinction to make. Be vaccinated people. Right, right, right. Vaccines will not make you see bats. What's you that? Were oh, all... Sorry. Uh, Angela Merkel's calling me. I have to go. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, Hans, bye. I hope uh, you're okay. okay. I'll be the same. Okay. Uh, uh, bye, Hans. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Wow. Wow. Uh, Jamie, I would say it's never like this with people kind of like barging in like this, but yeah, this has been a, a pretty regular development with us. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the second person today. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least yeah. it was a human. At least it was a human. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't yeah. break my face this time. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent 
telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With amazing and crazy topics for picking to choose, you are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. All right, y'all. So we're going to dive into our main course. And so the big story we'll be talking about today is the House uh, passes a bill to decriminalize uh, marijuana. Yay. Uh, so the House uh, this past Friday voted to decriminalize cannabis on the federal level and allow for the expungement of some marijuana convictions. Uh, so this is from Axios. Uh, the article goes on to say, like, so why this matters, right? Uh, the legislation would monumentally reshape U.S. drug policy and the decades-long war on drugs, keeping uh, pace with states across the country that have already uh, legalized marijuana. So this would be, you know, a real huge step forward in starting to, you know, undo so much of the damage, or not so much undo, but at least address so much yeah. of the damage that was done uh, from the war on drugs. Yeah, it's a racist policy that was originally started to, uh, I think it was... Mexicans they were trying to control in Texas when the first laws were passed. They're trying to figure out a way to uh, discriminate against those folks. And it's only built from there. Um, and this, I, I, I know we're kind of preaching to the choir, hopefully. Listen, I know the majority of Americans want this legalized. I think what's sad to me is that the same bill was passed by the House in 2020, but stalled in the then Republican-controlled Senate. And you know, as we know, with the Senate, you need 60 votes to pass. Mm-hmm. It's a, a kind of a super majority. So I don't know that's going to pass. Yeah. And so some additional uh, details on uh, this law is it's called the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act. Uh, Just more. What, a, what a name. <laughs> yeah. And so this would remove marijuana from the list of ske- uh, scheduled substances so that growing, selling or p- possessing the drug would no longer carry criminal penalties. Uh, it would also create a process to expunge nonviolent marijuana convictions and review criminal sentences for offenders. Uh, and finally, it would allow the government to offer loans 
loans to cannabis businesses Mm -hmm. and impose a tax on cannabis products, uh, the revenue from which would partly go to programs to assist those adversely impacted by the war on drugs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we talked uh, uh, last week, Mark, or maybe two weeks ago about a program in New York where they're actually issuing the first uh, batch of marijuana licenses for people to grow marijuana to the requirement is you have to have a felony conviction of Mm -hmm. marijuana or someone in your family does, Mm -hmm. which I think is a good uh, start to address some of the systemic racism that's uh, inside of this war on drugs. And when I hear Revenue from it will partly go to programs. I'm like, oh, why don't we make all the revenue? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you know. I'm just, I'm, I'm a hold all of this, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if this, this it's been a generational thing, um, so it's going to take a lot of a lot to remove that damage. Um, but I'm glad they're doing some of it. But let's let's do 90 percent, Congress. Come on. Yeah. So they got a quote from Nancy Pelosi who said there are so many discussions that have gone on over the years about the use of marijuana or cannabis or whatever. <laughs> Come on, Listen, I love this quote. Can you do it in a Nancy? I love it because it just sounds like she's annoyed that we're dealing with right. it. You know? And uh, she went on to say, the fact is it's being used. Uh, period. <laughs> she said, period. Uh, period. She, she argued that Congress has a duty to address how it is treated legally mm-hmm. and not in a way that mistreats people on the lower income scale. Uh, so it's a fact of life uh, that needed appropriate public policy to address it. Yeah. And a Gallup poll in November of just last year uh, said that 68 percent of Americans support full legalization. That's over two thirds. Mm-hmm. So if it really was representative of right. us in Congress, right. this would easily pass. You would have 66. Uh, I know I know the Senate's kind of weird in terms of representing people, but 60, you know, 68 of those senators would hopefully vote for it. Um, and that's up from and this is interesting. In 2001, mm-hmm. um, it was 34 percent. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel like with the um, medical community really engaging it as an option for treatment or pain relief and you have people who normally, you know, would be more, quote unquote, conservative when it comes to these things. When the human element comes in. Right. And someone is suffering and, hey, we have this thing right here that can help. Right. I think that that goes a long way to change people's perspectives. Right. Especially then when you look at it, it's like, wait a minute, why the hell was this on? You know, like I ain't never heard nobody high off a weed like, you know, breaking through somebody's house or, you know what I mean? Like the, you know, the the imagery that's often painted of, you know, like the evils of drugs. It's propaganda, yeah. I mean, it is most certainly. There was that movie in the, uh, and it was in the early, you know, 20th century, that Reefer Madness. Uh, I don't remember that. And yeah. it, it was it was shown to people, and it's like showing people smoke weed, and then they jump out of windows, right. and they rape people, right. and murder people just because they smoke a joint. And, you know, if I had seen that and, and took it at face value, I can see where people were terrified. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I came up in the age of dare, right? Oh, right. And yeah. it's like, you just say no to drugs. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, oh, all bad, evil. But then it's like, you get a little older, and it's like, 
But it's all right, though. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like this, ain't, this ain't what, you know, the D.A.R.E. officer was talking about. And then, you know, but that's a whole other conversation. Well, well it, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, my I, I, I love my parents and they listen to this podcast. So I, have, I don't know if that's an episode. But my, my <laughs> I won the D.A.R.E. essay contest in sixth grade and a little bit of foreshadowing. Uh, I sold the, my D.A.R.E. teddy bear to my friend Q on the bus home. But, uh, <laughs> Entrepreneur. Uh, yeah. And my dad actually ran a program called No to Say No which was pre-dare um, when I was a kid. And he's a, a pastor and my mom's a teacher and they were pretty conservative about marijuana. So when I, when they busted me smoking marijuana, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as a, as a kid, they got very mad. In fact, at one point I was, I was uh, smoking weed. <laughs> anyway, I got caught smoking weed. I won't go to the full story, but it was uh, my friend's house down the street, something in the cops shining lights in my eyes telling me I'm stoned. And the, that was scary, but even scary was my dad walking in the front door while the police officer was shining the light in my eyes. I was like, oh my God, this is terrible. This is the worst possible situation. But um, now, recently, my mom sent me in the mail CBD gummies. Yep, well, yeah. <laughs> you see? And that's the thing, put it in a gummy bear. Right. And it becomes a whole different thing. Yes, you know, so, we, and Jamie, you helped me with some coaching earlier about uh, my sleep habits, and she sent it to me to help with sleep. And um, so to your point, yeah, I, I think as, as people see the medical benefits of it, including my parents, who I love very much, mm-hmm. um, Hopefully that's continuing to change people's minds. I would be remiss if I didn't bring up that also the face of marijuana changes. Mm. So when it becomes a little less black, it Mm. becomes a little less scary. Mm. Right. And so you've got again, you've got women who are are battling breast cancer. Right. White Mm. women. Right. Right. And so. They're smoking weed or maybe not smoking it, but, you know, they're they're engaging with cannabis in whatever way. And so, unfortunately, that's what some people need in order to humanize the issue, because if not, then it's just, you know, those thugs. Right. Those those people that we've been waging war against. Right. We Mm. say war on drugs, but drugs are not the ones that are going to jail, right? It's people. Mm-hmm. So um, so we we have to acknowledge that the face has changed also, which has impacted the that level of agreement with the legalization. That's a great that's a great point. And yeah. I think it uh leads into this article you pulled, Bill, about um the racial disparity in marijuana mm-hmm. arrests. Uh right. and the uh one of the main points in the article is African-Americans are arrested arrested for violating marijuana possession laws at nearly four times the rates of whites, yet both ethnicities consume marijuana at roughly the same rates. Yeah, and my privilege uh, is is something that comes out a lot in that because I was busted, quote mm-hmm. unquote, multiple times for weed. Um, some of these my parents don't know about. Uh, but one, <laughs> you know, one time was a junior, my junior year in uh, high school, um, and a friend was smoking a joint and the, the cop pulled, the, our one school cop pulled up. He said, what do I do? I said, eat it. <laughs> he ate <laughs> through the whole thing in his mouth and he swallowed it. But long story short, she let me go. She mm-hmm. knew what was happening and she let me go. And there's multiple other situations where I just let, let go because I was a white kid mm-hmm. and I was a white kid in the suburbs. And if I wasn't a white kid in the suburbs, I mean, if, if I had gotten bust with that, that would have, you know, could have changed my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there are people, you know, like I said, I'm from California. There are people who got caught up under the three strikes law, mm. you know, off of some weed. Yeah. Right. And and so to your point, Bill, you know, there are some people who because the system and because 
society views them as inherently um, criminal. You know, it it's just the thing that they need to lock folks up forever. Yeah, and 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 the disparity is really bad because I mean, Mark, you just mentioned it's it's four times the rate mm-hmm. of whites, even though we smoke at the same rate. But the, the, and then I, further down, this is from. Um, uh, a normal and then a, a amny.com that people of color make up 94% of marijuana arrests in, in New York by mm. the NYPD. And that is in 2020. Wow. Um, right. 94% of arrests in 2020. So, cause I know all the people I smoke with in New York are white. <laughs> I'm, just <saying. laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's still it's still, you know, very much happening. And I, I know it probably depends on the area you're in and the amount of minorities in that area when you look at the different stats. But, you know, we're, like country, countrywide, it's it's a four to one. And, 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 you know, and that that impacts generations that impacts mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, just one of those reasons why this is a long time coming. And I'm glad states like California and you know, there's a lot of states who have been ahead of this issue a little bit, but I, I know, I just feel like as an American, I I feel like we should all be on the same page about this. And I, and I hope that uh, this gets through the Senate. And if you have any reason for it not to, just email us at ridiculousnews at heartmedia.com because I'll be curious to hear your point of view. Yeah. I really would. We'll be right back with more Ridiculous News after this short break. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't get it confused. You are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. All right, y'all. So now we're going to move on to our third final segment. It's called Some Dessert. We talk about some more uh, lighthearted fare um, or not lighthearted fare, but just just positive, uplifting mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, so one headline that caught my eye. Uh, so this past Sunday was the Grammys and Jasmine Sullivan uh, mm-hmm. becomes a two time Grammy winner. Uh, the singer won for best R&B performance for her song Pick Up Your Feelings and best R&B album for Hotels. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the first award, she tied with Silk Sonic, uh, who also won for their song Leave the Door Open. And, you know, uh, this um, headline caught my eye because Jasmine Sullivan, I think she's an incredibly talented yeah. artist. Uh, one of the songs off the album Hotels, uh, Pick Up Your Feelings, mm-hmm. that she won the Grammy for. Uh, on her YouTube page, she like posted like this unplugged the version. Acoustic. The acoustic. Oh yeah, I love that version. Actually, that's the first version I heard of. It. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. And, and it's amazing. It's like I just like it's just her and her voice and a guitar and yeah. some backup singers. And, yeah, and they did that. It is, and then I mean, and then there's like all of these plants and stuff mm-hmm. all around. Oh man, it is everything. It's 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 really great and. um She's uh, been nominated before in the in the in the past, but this is like her first uh, times uh, winning. She's yeah. she's been in you know the music industry for over a decade, but yeah. these are her first wins. Yeah, yeah. And we know they be getting it wrong sometimes. Abs- right, absolutely. As I say, she's actually lost twelve times. Wow, in which... the past, which is like another thing to keep going, y'all. Yeah, I mean, I, now maybe she should have won earlier, but also you know don't let that failure hold you back. Absolutely. And the article also says Sullivan took the time to dedicate her win to many people in her life, uh, but specifically black women. Mm -hmm. She said, I think that I wrote this project to deal with my own shame and unforgiveness around some decisions I made in my 20s that weren't favorable, she shared. What it ended up being is a safe space for black women to tell their stories, for us to learn from each other, laugh with each other and not be exploited at the same time. Mm. Uh, That's what I'm most grateful for. I love hotels. That's my joint. Yeah. And just hearing the interludes and, and everybody talking. Again, some questionable decisions. <laughs> you know, like, I probably should have let that one go. But, you know, it was, you know, the thing was thangin'. <laughs> you know? So, and, 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 and that that same energy translates into the songs. It's so realistic. And it's so, it's, it's so black woman. Like, it's the way that we speak to each other. And so I thought it was so appropriate that she dedicated it and acknowledged it in that way because that's that's what the album was. 
the album was black women being black women with black women. And so to to take that stage and to acknowledge like that's what got me here was her fully accepting, you know, all of her, you know, the shame, the quote unquote shameful bits and all of it. Like that's the thing that got her there on that stage and so we was we was all cheering for you girl (laughs) yeah i i think it's really great and you know and and you know like we've been saying she's she's a great artist so it's just like with or without the grammys like you know she's she is who she is that album's who she is but even so it was cool to see her um be recognized on that night yeah speaking of singing jamie as we've Mm -hmm. as you mentioned you're an amazing opera singer, you know, in, in, incredible, incredible opera singer, and you know, y'all we, keep y'all keep hyping this. I, I, I mean, y'all keep hyping. This. I, I mean, we, it's we, hard we, not to. We're just huge fans of you, you yes. know. So we yes. do, we don't mean to overhype, but we're just genuinely huge fans of you. And so uh, we have a segment that we usually do uh, with guests uh, called mm-hmm. "Make It Spooky," where sometimes we'll give them a headline and we ask them to read it in a spooky manner. But okay. you know. With your opera background, we're wondering if you would be yeah. open to maybe doing a segment we like to call Make It Make Opera. It opera. Mm. Um, so okay. it's up to you if, if you're okay. down. I, I've pulled some headlines. Uh, Bill and I both have pulled okay. some headlines. Um, and we were just wondering if you could read them in a slightly more operatic voice. Okay. Um, All right. Let's see. Whatever, let's... whatever that means to you, whatever you're comfortable with. Let's see what comes up. Uh, it's these right here. Um, okay. So... Uh, take your pick if anything speaks to you. And, All uh, right. Yeah. Ed Sheeran wins. Shape of you, plagiarism case. That's fantastic. <laughs> Congratulations to him. Well, and actually, this one, um, <laughs> this one, this one is interesting. There's, there was the. Um, Darwin notebooks missing for twenty years returned to Cambridge. Oh wow, that is amazing. <laughs> that's I, I, I'm happy for them. I yeah. hope that that's exactly how that was announced. Right. I, I mean, I felt it in my spirit, so maybe I mean I don't know. I hope. But 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 now this one, this one I've got to read this article. Okay. Jump. Queen made it through mating season with her reign intact. <laughs> I mean, is that that's what we're calling it now with bees, right? Her reign. That's the nice way, you know, we, we refer to it as her reign. I'm congratulations, uh, Monkey Queen. Yes, <laughs> yes. Japan's Monkey Queen, to be yes. specific. Mm-hmm. Absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. And I, I wish we could have you on every episode. <laughs> I know. To do I would be so much more informed. I if you, agree. If you sang headlines, because I'd be like, well, I have to hear more. You yeah. know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it definitely uh, piques one's interest. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thanks you so much, Jamie, for reading those. That that made it yeah, and, more fun. Yeah, and thank you for coming and gracing us with your presence and your thoughts. And it's just lovely to have you in the room. And um, why don't you t- uh, let our audience know, you know, where else they can find you? Well, thank you all for having me. It's been Absolutely. so fun. Um, so, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at sangmissjamie, S-A-N-G, M S J A Y M E. Um, 
or you can check out some of my coaching stuff at From the Core Coaching. Um, check my check out my website, Jamie-Alilaw, A-L-I-L-A-W.com, or my coaching website, FromTheCoreCoaching.com. And that's Core, C-O-R-E. And uh, look it up. Check it out. Follow her on the, all the things. Pull out your phone. If all you're on your things. phone, dri- not if you're driving. If no. you're driving, do it later. I mean, if you're already... No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Pull over. Pull over. Um, and, and now we get to do one of our favorite segments, which is the spring of inspiring inspirations. I don't know if we should have Jamie sing this uh, inspirational quote. Mm. So this is an inspiring uh, inspirational quote from John Cena. It's the highlighted quote. There. Oh, John Cena. Yeah. Well, <laughs> John Cena inspires much. <laughs> To the words of John Cena. <laughs> Never take yourself too seriously. We're all flawed, and it is the flaws that make us beautifully unique. Wow. Bravo. Wow. Uh, that was amazing. <laughs> As always, amazing uh, and a good. I feel like a good Cena quote for yeah, to, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and that vibe fits it. Mm-hmm. And um, for the and I asked you this question earlier, just because we didn't get it. Can you explain for folks that don't know that term? Yes. Yeah, so uh, an opera is sung throughout, right? Um, and an aria is the song that a character takes to really like take the time and share what's going on on the inside. So it's usually emotions or the thoughts if they're processing or trying to figure out this dilemma. It's the uh, stand-along solo song of a certain character. Which is perfect for the spring of Inspiring perfect. Inspirations. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you so much for being game and, and doing that as well. And, and, and it, it's like every one of those is a work of art. The, yeah. The, the headlines Absolutely. and the inspirations. And it's cool to hear it in that different tone. Thank you. Um, and for everyone listening, as always, thank you so much for tuning into Ridiculous News. We know you have a lot of options out there for entertainment and podcasts. And it means the world to us that you would spend your time with us. So thank you. And you can follow us uh, on Facebook at Ridiculous News Podcast, also on our IG as well. And you can email us at ridiculousnews at iheartmedia.com. And also, you know, be sure to check out our comedy videos at Mark Kendall Comedy. So that's on IG, uh, Facebook, as well as TikTok. And then if you're on Twitter, you can check us out at Kendall Comedy. And Jamie, thank you so much for being here today. And uh, thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you all. Ridiculous News is hosted by Mark Kendall and Bill Worley. Executive producers are Ben Bolin and Noel Brown. Produced and edited by Tari Harrison. Research provided by Casey Willis. And theme music by Four Eyes and Dr. Delight. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. 
Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.